Welcome to the after show for Orphan Black, the next chapter audiobook brought to you by Serial Box. Oh my gosh, what a crazy episode. All the clones are in trouble. Vivi is playing no games and Kasima is full on in jail right now. We also have the writer of this episode, Madeline Ashby, calling in, so stay tuned. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hello, Clone Club. We're back, baby. What's up? Hello, Sugars. Five. Every child is cast from paradise. What an episode. I'm so excited to be talking about it. I'm Steph Sabra, Orphan Black. Fan, huge fan of this audiobook, and I am joined by an awesome panel, Matt Marr. He's a longtime Orphan Black fan. I he was am. actually on the After Buzz TV After Show yes. for it. Yes, OG. 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 And we have Sh- Shishka Maitani in the house. Yes. She is our also Orphan Black fan, loves Tatiana Maslani, and we are so happy to have you on this panel officially. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Let's talk Tatiana. I didn't get the cool lipstick memo, but uh, y'all did. Maybe no. next time. Maybe next time. I have some. I know you dabble sometimes. You know I do. I know you do. So, like I mentioned in the beginning, we have the writer, Madeline Ashby, calling in um, after we break down this episode. We are so excited to talk to her because, as we know, since it's an audiobook, it is so writer-based, and these writers are freaking killing it. They are. So it's awesome to kind of pick their heads, especially on this episode, which so much stuff happened. And then once we get off the phone with her, we'll get into our special segment of Clone. You You did did it! And we'll wrap it up with some predictions. But what was your overall thoughts of episode five? Well, it was a great episode, as was to be expected. But I definitely think it had its ups and downs. Mm -hmm. There were high moments where I was really into it. And then there were moments where I could tell they were just trying to give us the information. Mm. So mixed. I think it was like their world building, (laughs) Uh which is what Orphan Black's infamous for. So, But it's different when it's an audio Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved this one. This was actually, I think, and we'll talk about it later, but I think this maybe was my favorite episode so far. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you because I started so tired just from the day when I was listening to it. And then 10 minutes in, I was like, holy cow, strapped in. What the heck is happening? And mm-hmm. all the way till the end, I'm like, what the heck is actually happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so stressful. I think I'm still sweating from it. But let's dive right in and break Please. it down by our clones. Delphine um, kind of took away the first act, so to speak, mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. episode. And it was really Delphine based and her speaking to the group of people pleading with them on security and when you do these types of things, what the repercussions can be. And I thought it brought up a lot of interesting points, um, Mm -hmm. particularly the vaccine. When we start to lose trust in our scientists and our government, like things like anti-vax happens. What do you guys think this plea is going to work? And what did you think about this whole part in general, Matt? I feel like, I think this is a part, like, we kind of were talking before, like, you, we were at first a little bit like, what's happening? Where are we in the beginning of this? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a little, but I think it was supposed to be kind of jarring and confusing. I feel like the, what it reminded me is, we talked about this before, we're like, is Delphine, we went so long where Delphine was like, is she good? Is she not? Is she? And we even, I forgot which one of you, but you said like, I don't know, is Delphine like... It's probably I, me, I have trust issues. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like this solidifies like Delphine is the same person but in a lot of ways a different Delphine like she's committed to Mm -hmm. Cosima she's committed to the clones and she's committed to 
medical ethics because she did that before in her past and she really feels bad about that and was regretful about that. So for me, this whole first part was really establishing that Delphine is a is she's a she's a good girl. That's what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to see her in this role. Um, I liked how she was using real life events such as Tuskegee to make her um, yeah. argument, which was really cool to listen to. But I don't think she's going to end up convincing them just because they're just bad people <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And you make the make the ethical argument all you want. It's not really going to make a difference. I thought it was funny that she thought Cosima wasn't going to do anything. I mean, come on. She knows better than that. You know, but overall, I think this is moot. Um, mm-hmm. Just her trying to do her part, but I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. It's interesting <clears throat> because Delphine mo- humanizes the clones just by being another addition to the... Like, you really understand that they are completely like us. There's mm-hmm. no difference. And the idea of how clones were created when she says you're so focused on the potential of good that you lose focus on the potential of bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what has happened. All the clones, and we see later with Dana and Vivi, their collateral damage. Yeah. And that part I like. So I don't know necessarily if that's going to move the plot, ne- but I do think it brings up a good, bigger point that mm-hmm. with science and with experiments in general. Oh, yeah. It's so true. I mean, even though you're trying to do good things, there's always going to be other ways that you can go about it. Bad people are going to do bad things with it, no matter what your intentions are, so yeah. there's no avoiding that. Unfortunately, and I liked how she, yeah, and I liked how it was phrased in this way of um, we're definitely in this day and age right now where people are often looking for what they want. They're not looking for factual information. They're looking for what they want to hear, mm-hmm. and then they believe what they want to hear is fact when it's not. So I love that she was talking about false facts and like the whole like vaccine and mm-hmm. like. Sorry, y'all. Vaccine your kids. Sorry, that's my bit. But there's that whole, like... It's but, true, though. But yeah. there are people, like, that don't believe climate change. That don't believe actual science. It's it's so, and so true. And I love that they... Politics aside, if you're yelling at this, sorry. Get educated. <laughs> but I feel like what they're saying in this is that it's the same way. We can tell ourselves what we want to hear... But it's not really the ethical, factual thing that yes, we should be doing. Absolutely. And that's what I love Matt, about this show. I agree. Brings it in. Ex- mm-hmm. I think Orphan Black and the continuation of this podcast, of this audiobook on Serial Box, shows you that these writers in this story doesn't have, like, they're not scared of telling you mm-hmm. what is. Yeah. And they've done it all from the beginning, like, with all the character introductions of Fee and his relationship, mm-hmm. the idea of science and um, anti-vax and government and um, police officers mm-hmm. and the control of them, they're really good about being like, this is what we think and we're going to show it kind of through mm-hmm. art in these characters and they do it in such a good way. So I completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. And since you did bring up Storybox, I want to remind people that if you're saying, what is this? Is this a TV show? <laughs> is this a podcast? We're just, we're reminded that this is an audio story and the story continues with the official ebook and audio Audiobook narrated by Emmy Award winner Tatiana Maslany. We love her. Get the next yes. chapter. You can get that at Orphan Black. You can download it on Serial Box app, uh, which is a really cool app. Uh, I just downloaded it the other day. And we have a little bit.ly link in the show notes. If you're listening to the podcast, it'll be in the show notes. You can press on that. And new episodes drop every Thursday. Yes. yes. Thank you. Let's get into Kasima because what the heck? Yeah. She kind of brings in <clears throat> two other characters, Priyanka, Jay, and... Um, 
and art. So mm-hmm. she, we pick up where we left off. Sturgis is dead, but now she's under arrest. She needs a lawyer. <laughs> she calls Delphine, and she is really going through it, but at the same time has to worry about her own like future. Mm-hmm. And um, it ends on a really interesting note where Jay is trying to get all this information to, from her, but she, the DOJ comes, and she tells her all cops are bastards except for Arthur Bell. He knows exactly mm-hmm. who I am. So Kasima, everything about that line is mm-hmm. so Kasima. Uh, did you guys think that she would that art that she had confidence art was going to like disclose the clone information because I feel like that's the only way this can really go. I'm curious what your guys thoughts are. Shishka. Um I did not think she was going to I I didn't think that she thought art was going to tell her about the clones. Um, but I did think that Art would somehow find a way to convince Jay that she's not the culprit, even if it just means one sister. So when Art actually told her that there were more, there were many, um, I was surprised. I didn't expect that. I mean, because that requires a lot of trust, you know? And we don't really know Jay that well yet, so. Yeah. I think she was desperate, because I took of it is that she did it because she said, you know, um... She said the whole thing like Sturgis keeps it close to his chest, really close to his chest, talk to Art. And then she said, take it to Delphine. Like she basically said mm-hmm. almost everything she knew in yeah. two sentences. So to me, I felt like that was more of, I agree with you actually that I don't think she knew if she if Art would tell her or not. But she also didn't have an option. She was mm-hmm. getting arrested by, and she just was desperate. And I think she was hoping that Art would just find a way. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I agree with that, and I'm also conf- I want to kind of break down what I'm hearing, so I hear what your guys' thoughts are when you hear it, because yeah. different from a show, you see it. Spill it. Yeah. Okay, so what I think <laughs> is happening okay. is Jay knows Vivi, or Jay, Jay knows about Vivi, is confusing Vivi with Cosima. Yeah. Yes. Thinks Cosima's Vivi. Yes. And, um, but we don't really know Jay's MO yet. We just know she's gotten this investigation kind of handed to her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's yeah. an art. I need art. to talk this out. <laughs> no, I feel like it's an art vibe. Where at, at least from my yeah. understanding, Jay right now is just a good cop trying to do their job. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, and she does You trust her? uh, I mean, actually, yes. She sounds like (laughs) somebody who just wants... She just (laughs) wants to, like, serve and, like... I'm scared to say it because I want to say yeah, yes. Yeah, I know. And then, like, episode nine, I'm going to be like, (laughs) she's a... (laughs) Shiksha! Shiksha, trust or not? Oh, I don't know. We all have trust issues in here. (laughs) Who hurt us? Who hurt us? Also, she's seeing that there were so many deaths involved, even from the past with the German and mm-hmm. all that. And the only explanation she can think of is that it's the spy. But I think she's really, I mean, she's gutsy to be doing this with a supposed spy. Because mm-hmm. then she's kind of going against yeah. the CIA and it's like, what are you doing? Can you really hold her? She no hesitation yeah. called up art. She said, let's yeah, go. Exactly. Yeah. And we're talking about a CIA agent, which... It's confusing to me because if you're a CIA agent, then you, oh, I mean, it's not unheard of to be taken to be taking all these different personas. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are all these deaths that are following her. Mm-hmm. So I get where Jay is coming from. I want to trust her, mm-hmm. but I'm like you, Matt. I don't know that I should. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. 
I met too many guys at Mickey's at 12 a.m. that told me they loved me. And then the next day I woke up alone. So, you know. Well, there we go. (laughs) And if you don't know what Mickey's is in West Hollywood, Google it. Honestly, thank you so much for sharing that because I think you just summed up how we feel. Yeah. But what I love, art brings in this new art element. He's so good at navigating these spaces. And he he was basically saying, I know it seems like you have everything in front of you, but you don't have the pieces that would actually convict her. Uh There's no gun burn marks. There's no weapon around. And and then she starts being like, oh, something is up. That was very fulfilling. As someone (laughs) who saw how confused, art was so lost, y'all, for like two seasons. He was like, (laughs) WTF. So for him, like, yeah. I had bet that for art that felt good to be like, Let girl, me tell I, know, you. I know you think you know, <laughs> but you don't know. And just to yeah. be and say that to her, I thought that was a great, there were some great moments of characters of that you always, that were so, uh, that were just so fulfilling as a Yes. Mm. Well, why do you think that he actually told her about the clones? Because if there was no gunpowder on her hand, she could only hold her for so long. Right? And would have had to let her go. So there was really no reason to. I think we're seeing that. It's And we'll talk about this later, kind of what happens at the end, which was definitely, I think, probably, again, all of our... Really, the Oh, Clone You Didn't segment really isn't always the end of the show, but then they're making it the end of it because they always drop a bomb. But I think we're seeing that this whole secrecy of the clone is just in all parts of the air. It's unraveling everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Things are heating up, and this episode did such a good job to your point, Matt, of each sort of conversation that was happening had a really good build-up mm-hmm. and an ending that is so confusing, and I just want to know what happens. Yeah. So we end there, um, Kasima's with the we end that section of mm-hmm. our clones. Kasima's in the D, uh, with the DOD. Now Jay and R are desperate, desperately like, we need to find her, because yeah. she's actually screwed if she stays there. So let's move on to our, um, our really tricky, sneaky clone, Vivi. Oh! Yeah. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Vivi! Good. I loved it so much. <laughs> Vivi oh is playing God. zero games. Yes, yeah, y'all. She has zero Fs. She's like Sarah, but even more yeah. conniving. I I don't know. <laughs> kind she... of more ruthless Sarah. Yes. Yeah, and careless. Yes. Giving Sarah a run for her money. But ruthless like... Sarah putting a literal mop on her head. <laughs> don't do that to Kasima. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. I mean, I think there's also two like. You know, we don't know fully about Vivi's life, but, like, you know, Sarah had a kid, so she was careless in some ways, but in other ways, she was very, like, I've got to be there for my kid. And, like, I think we see, like, this is, I think, what Sarah could be if she was just, like, uh, just oh. a, not a not a parent, you know? Yeah. You, could, so you take more risk. Her, I think so. I think you take more risk when you're not a parent. Totally, yeah. yeah. That's a great point, and we actually have Sarah and Vivi going head-to-head. Yes. And this scene, I can't wait to talk to Madeline about because <gasps> Amazing. the isolation, I screamed. the writing was insane. So oh I can't, we'll dive more into the details when we get Madeline on the line in just a few minutes. But I do want to talk about that a little bit, where... Vivi is showing this longing for family. Like, mm-hmm. Sarah has what she doesn't, and I think that's what makes her less, less ruthless, to your point. And, but when she Sarah figures out that she's not Cosima, mm-hmm. she honestly says she doesn't know about the clones and, and does mm-hmm. have a level of ignorance that is truthful. But 
I don't understand Vivi. What what do you guys think we have on our hands here? <laughs> oh, I don't think she's a Rachel. You know, I think she no. will end up on the clone side, but I think she's just a little afraid. She doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, because she didn't kill Sturgis. <clears throat> yeah. She says. Well... She didn't supposedly blow up I don't think she the... did. She saw it. Yeah. I think she supervised. I think yeah. she's younger. I think she just wants to... She. I think she just wants answers. What I think... What was... Oh, what was so good... Well, this is why probably this was my favorite episode, because this tied up a lot of loose ends. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we realized people that we didn't know knew each other knew each other. Like when... First of all, when they have this big fight, and then at the end when... I gasped whenever uh, Sarah said something, something about, or Delphine said something, something about Dana. And she totally stopped. Oh, yeah. And Vivi was like, Dana? Yeah. So now, like, she knows about all them. She's in that world. Yes. We didn't know that. So no, we, she doesn't know about them, I don't think. I think it was just kind of, like, hitting, sparking no, memory. No, I, I took that as, like, she knows Dana. No, really? Well, I or, love this. Oh, because she had the friends. It's either she knows Dana because of the whole Boston thing that well, that was the true. reason she came. This is what this show does let's to your brain. Let's save for predictions. Uh, let's move like, on. Um, let's close up the our discussion with Charlotte, Arun, and Allison. I just have one one quick Give question. I have to ask: <laughs> Do you think that Sarah knew the whole time that it wasn't Cosima? Yes, Me best too. moment ever. Me too. Yes. Yes. Me too. Yes. Me too. Yes. Okay, so great. She's like. <laughs> That's honestly the, the baddest. That's the first like, one. And I mean the baddest in a massive compliment. And I told you, I predicted that she would come in and like bust ass. <laughs> I anyway. At that moment, it's like, Sarah, yes. yeah. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Charlotte's rash. <laughs> a lower oh, turn. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very creepy scene. So we're introduced to another character who is berating a clone. Yeah. He is the director. Arun knows him. And we find that out when Arun Where's, Allison. And his name we find out is Davis. And da- Yeah. Arun mm-hmm. Allison meet up with Charlotte and this is discovered. So we don't really know Arun's connection. We now know Arun is connected with Vivi and Davis. Mm -hmm. So he Mm -hmm. will be like a massive puzzle piece in all of this. But... I don't know what Kira, what um, Charlotte's going to do, but I do. But one thing she did do was call Kira, and they have some like coded discussion, <laughs> yeah. which I think means that they want to um, come clean. Yeah, to I think society. that's what that is. Yeah. yeah, which what that is. I looked it up. That quote, the oh, quote that quote that it actually is from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, oh. which and it's what the creature or because Fra- a lot of people don't know Frankenstein is the doctor, and the creature is what we now know is like Green Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. You should everybody read it but the creature says that so i think that's interesting that what the comparison that literally these clones are like dr frankenstein's creations oh, so yeah. i really love the parallel wow. i was like that was, that's so like wow. more. hey <laughs> not me talk to the writer I didn't, I didn't write it i just googled Clutch it Touch the pearls okay so we have to end there on our after show discussion we'll pick up a little of our loose pieces after our there's interview. a whole wing full but, of clothes yeah we have to call Madeline Ashby again the uh, the writer of this episode and I'm sure we'll get to ask some questions about that epic scene between Sarah and uh, Vivian yes. which was insane but other than that we just know that we don't have a cure for Charlotte or the American clones as Mm-mm. Sarah yeah. calls it mm-hmm. not yet but is oh we have her coming on the line soon soon i get excited every mm, time I know. <laughs> but other, but what do you guys have any <clears throat> major other scenes that you guys wanted to talk about from the episode um 
I think for me, uh, it was it was good. Oh, Madeline's here. Oh, she's here. Great. Hey, Madeline. Can you hear us and see us okay? I can hear you, yes. Awesome. Great. We'll take it. Thank you so much for joining. <laughs> We're so excited to talk to you. This episode was crazy. The yeah. writing was exceptional. You are so talented. Thank you very much. Um, and we do know that you're a little bit under the weather, so we really appreciate your time. But I want to get right into it. How was writing this episode in particular? There was so much great dialogue, and we were talking about just before we called you that it like encapsulated the characters perfectly and gave us the information we needed to. Well, thank you. I worked uh, first. Thanks for having me on, and second. Thanks for saying that because it's it's something that I worked really hard at. Um, we went over and over and over this chapter in particular because so much information comes out. There was almost like a to-do list of all of the things that have to sort of get mentioned and all of the things that the audience has to understand for the episode to go forward and for the plot to go forward. So wh- that's one task. But the other task is to do it in character. and I was a fan of the show and I knew how all of the different clones sounded so one of the things that I did was to try to imagine Tatiana saying the pieces of dialogue in her voices and I would sort of read them aloud to myself and if I couldn't hear her saying it in my head then I wouldn't do it wow that's cool so cool Wow, that's like the only orphan black writing could like lead you into that type of headspace. Yeah. Well, you definitely yeah. you have to think of their. I mean, character voice is always important in writing, but I feel like in this it's so important because it's it, there's also different, and it gives the more voice you give your own character. I feel like the more it just makes Tatiana bring this character out when she you're. She sounds she's so good at doing this because the writing is so good that's there for her as a roadmap. Well, yeah, no, I mean, when you know that someone of that caliber is going to be reading your work, you really have to step up your game. Mm-hmm. And that was part of it was that I really wanted her to have something, you know, something to chew on and something to have fun with and something that would sound fun and and play well if you were listening to it. I have to ask, what was it like writing the fight scene between Vivi and Sarah? I know that we all really, we thoroughly enjoyed that scene. The whole moment where she, with the truffles and then the fight. That the escalation. That's the first scene where I'm like, I don't have a lot of money, but I would pay money just to film that scene. (laughs) So I could watch it. It was the best. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so glad. No, um, it was a scene... A lot of the developments in, in this chapter were developments that I sort of – we had a master outline, but these – a lot of the developments in that chapter were developments that I sort of pitched and had ideas around. And one of them was that, oh, okay, well, this per- – Vivi will sneak into this – into the house and then she'll pretend to – she'll pretend to be uh, Cosima and then um, – and and then Sarah will show up and then, and then this and then that. And it's sort of all stacked up on top of each other. And I really liked the idea of, like, getting Sarah to come out and be her old self oh. and, yes. <laughs> and to sort of reveal herself to Vivian that way and for the two of them to have a tete-a-tete and, and yet at the same time, like, find some common ground. But I really liked – I also really liked the idea of, like, Sarah is not 
you know, this highly trained commando kind of person. She's just really smart. She's very clever. And, uh, and so I knew that she was going into a situation where she would have the upper hand in terms of knowledge. And so how would she exploit that knowledge? And then you get Cosima's, you know, extracurricular activities and suddenly it all sort of folded together. Well, we wondered, we just asked, I don't know if you heard before, w- did Sarah know like from moment one that that was not Cosima or did, would, did, or did she take her a bit to discover that? Or would you would re- reveal it's, that? I think the point at which I decided that she knew um, was when uh, there's a, a line that Vivi has where she's pretending to be Cosima and she says something about like, oh, well, you know how teenagers are with their parents. Mm-hmm. And and it's something that like Cosima would being a sensitive person and a caring person for, to her sister would never say that to Sarah. Yeah. Because mm. of how hard it was for Sarah growing up. And she's very empathetic, and, that's true. And so the moment that she says that Yeah. Um like a, a platitude when it's your sister saying an uncaring thing to you, you immediately hone in on it and know that something must be wrong. Yeah, that's Ooh, so true. I'm glad I asked that. That's yeah. true. I want to go back and listen again. I know, because I was trying to... I went back and I was like, was it when she asked about like multiple people? Like, how's everyone? How's everyone? Yeah. yeah. But that, was... that, that scene was so good because it not only exposed part of Vivi's insecurities, like think, like now realizing all these clones were just like fully developed women who had their own things going, but then also figuring out that she doesn't know her identity. I'm just curious from a writing perspective, what goes into your process to build kind of scene, to build scenes like that? Well, I think it's sort of, for me, that, that was sort of, I'm glad you hone in on that because that's something that always fascinated me about Vivi as a character, that she's slightly younger than the other clones. She's at this place in her life where she's sort of deciding whether or not she still wants to be doing what she's doing. She's kind of deciding that she doesn't know who she is. And I think that there's a thing that happens, especially among women, where you realize you start looking at everyone in your cohort, like all of your peers, and realizing that they're having very different lives to you. Like, I think now with, like, Facebook and Instagram and and stuff like that, that tension is magnified a lot. You Mm. can literally see the Mm. other lives that other people around you are having, despite having started out sometimes in very similar ways or from similar circumstances. And I think that it's easy to sort of um, project yourself or wonder if you've made the wrong choices or if you made, you know, to compare and contrast yourself and one-upsmanship and whatever. And I thought that for Vivi, it would be really challenging to realize that these people had lives that she thought were were totally impossible for her Mm. and that they made it look easy. And and Ah. that's sort of what I wanted her to to be wrestling with. And it's, I think, one of her journeys of the entire story is is looking into these other lives I never thought of it that way because it's it's uh she probably did make this her we know her parents died so for mm-hmm. her 
it's um, and that's kind of all we. If I'm remembering, that's all we know of her backstory. And that but she it, would. Uh, they told her that her clones were imaginary friends. Yeah, and so all yep. that she knows is that she probably might not ever have a family or a quote unquote normal life. And I mean, that just made me so sad for her because she walks in that house and she sees all the pictures and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and she's she also hasn't seen the sort of the whole other previous five seasons that we've seen about like how difficult it was to put that family together. It was not easy. Mm. And and but she arrives at this place where everybody is pretty comfortable and where they know each other and she didn't see how hard that was at the beginning. So she's kind of seeing the sort of tip of the iceberg, I guess. Mm. Madeline, I want to ask, uh, I know that this writer's room in particular, you guys worked on your episodes separately, but had a collaborative process as well, and it was heavily female-dominated, and we talked with Eugene, which was great, and he said it was so awesome being around women writers, and especially for a, a female-centric show like this. What was that like for you, um, and I'm just curious your thoughts on that type of environment in general. It was really great. I mean, I um, for various reasons, I actually had to Skype in for a lot of my sessions, but um, the uh, but it was a kind of challenge that I had never had before. And certainly, working with a, a huge group of of you know, like a, a, a group of women writers like this was an opportunity that I was not going to get anywhere else, and uh, or at least not anytime soon. And I was really excited about it for that reason. And it taught me a huge amount about how to outline. Um, mm. I, I had not been an outliner before as a writer. I had been, you know, a, a pantser and not a, a plotter. And then this this cured me of that <laughs> real quick. You mentioned outlining your to-do list, getting in the headspace of the characters. I'm curious to know what was the most challenging part of writing this episode uh continuity uh same as in television it's uh the same as in as if we were producing the and when you say con i'm sorry are you there yeah okay when you say continuity too i know i'm we're thinking of plot continuity but also i feel like it it must be a real struggle because you all want to you want to be different but there obviously is a tone of the show and each of you have your own tone of the way you write so uh was that difficult to kind of hone in or did y'all talk about that as writers like of the tone of the whole series there were there were a couple of moments where we had to decide how people would describe things like what what their word was for something mm. and what how they would describe other people to each other and things like that. So, so there was a little bit, there was also questions about like, well, wait, what was she wearing in that scene? Have she changed clothes? Mm. What do I do? You know, Mm. was she still wearing her glasses there? Different, you know, like even just like little tiny things that, you know, a script supervisor in another context would be watching all of that. And, but, you know, without dailies to look at, without rush to look at, have to look at the entire uh, text and and kind of do a search and replace and see what was happening right before this. <laughs> mm. What was your favorite part of the of working on this project in particular? Oh man, um, probably getting to know all of these other writers, like getting to know Malka and getting to know uh, Helly and Michelle and Eugene, and and just sort of getting to and Lindsay and getting to spend time with them um in a way that I was I 
you know, certainly even if we all met at a convention or something, <laughs> we still wouldn't have hung out mm-hmm. in this kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and stuff and and for this long of a time. So it's it's really been that's been I, I want to say like the best part of it. I guess the other the other best part of it is knowing that Tatiana is performing your work is yes. a huge honor and a huge yeah. challenge and a huge, you know, it's a, it's a real, um, pleasure, uh, and a, and a, and a huge delight. Um, but the, but I guess the other, the other thing is that I live in Toronto. So for me personally, um, I got to write about where I live and that, that was also great. That is cool because you don't yeah. always see so many Canadian-based projects. Yeah. It's here, yeah, very much right. so. Uh, now I have to ask too because we brought this because I'm I googled it because I'm a nerd. Where in the world, girl, did you pull that fantastic Frankenstein quote out? Because that was so <laughs> perfect for this situation. I applauded. I, I honestly just looked it up, and now uh, like I've found out that apparently it might be from. Kenneth Branagh's version of the story, like that, might be his sort of transliteration of of the of the uh, of Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley's work. Um, so I don't know if it's from him or if it's from her, because I looked up Frankenstein quotations because I wanted it to be that. I wanted it to be a, a quotation from from Frankenstein. It's amazing. And, and was and that so always there, or did you not saying to... that it was from Branagh's film? But other people say that it's Frankenstein. So now I'm a little bit confused. But but <sighs> if it works for the audience, then it works for the audience. Oh, it works. It's such a great <laughs> metaphor, and I don't know why. Maybe they've used it on the show before, but I can't remember. I just because. It was just so perfect for what the situation they're in. Well, Madeline, I know that you, um, you're East Coast time, so we do thank you for taking the time with us tonight. And I really want to know, are you working on any other projects, anything coming up in the future that we can look out for as you're now new fans? (laughs) Oh, thank you. Uh, I have a, uh, I have another chapter of Orphan Black coming out. Chapter eight is, uh, is mine. And then, um, let's see what else. Uh, I have a novel out right now called Company Town, out from Tor Books. And let's see, I'm also the author of the Machine Dynasty series of novels from Angry Robot Books. And actually, the final book in that trilogy is going to be coming out sometime next year. And then there should also be another book from Tor uh, coming out soon. And uh, I'm excited about that, too. Busy, busy. So you're just sitting around, eating truffles, getting high, not busy at all. Yeah. Wow, you are amazing. I'm gonna go check out I'm a I'm a huge reader and I am excited I have a new author to find. But can we um find you anywhere else on social media? Yes, I am on Twitter at Madeline Ashby. Like that's Ashby Alpha Sierra Hotel Bravo Yellow. I would love that. And um and then I'm also at MadelineAshby.com and there are a lot of free stories there that you can read. I've been uh I have some stories on Slate and MIT Tech Review and Boing Boing and some other places. And if you want something sort of smaller and uh and easier to digest, then then that's where I would go. Awesome. Well thank you so much. I hope you have a great night and we'll hopefully talk to you for episode eight. That would be lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. That's great. She's awesome. She is awesome. That's probably like just. I have to listen oh, to the man. whole thing. Now. I know. I'm yeah. like, let's rewind Again. because you killed that. I'm so glad that she was able to call in. And while she was talking to me, I was like getting sparked on even more stuff that happened in the episode. Yeah, I know. Can we talk about that ending? 
Yes. Okay, so I wrote ending because it's just a whole separate section. The the <laughs> house knocking. TMZ pulls up. Can we just let's just call it? Oh, oh clone, you did. did it! Let's roll right into our special segment. Like, come on, this is it, you that guys. Like, cut the BS right to the special <laughs> segment because that's exactly what this is. If you guys, this is if this is your first time tuning in, our oh clone, you didn't segment is where we give our OMG moment, where we just like clutch the pearls, mm-hmm. jaw drops. Gag so gags. let's talk about it, Matt. Hit it off. I mean, the moment for me, like whenever, <laughs> like. They say the little drone is flying in and filming them. I literally yeah. said aloud in my car, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I just said, I was like, drones? Like, pop. It was It was such a, I just, I, I did not think that. I thought it was the police. Me too. Yeah. I just madly built it up as a police. Yeah. Or like someone like that Davis guy. I didn't know. I had, did y'all think it was paparazzi at all? No. no way. Paparazzi and Orphan Black? Yeah, no. no. What even? But I'm here for it. Yeah. The yeah. Holy Weirdo showed up. And then when they came in... I know. I, I'm, 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 I gotta stop talking. What did you think? What did you think? <laughs> well, while I agree that that was an oak clone, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was actually the truffles when the when oh, Sarah good. revealed it when she said, "Well, I." basically said, I know that you're Nakasima. My mouth dropped. I did not expect that. Even though it's true to Sarah's character, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Mm. So that, for me, it was like, oh my god, this show is amazing. No, Shiksha, you're <laughs> not wrong. Because I got up wrong. and I was like doing a dance. I'm like, Sarah yeah. again? What? Like, I told you she would come back and beat is, people up. She has yeah. just like always been like an MVP. Yeah. When she always. comes through, totally. she's like Shaq. Like she's just ready to rumble but <laughs> but yeah I agree I don't know I'm split between these the two, two because yeah. the ending was crazy and Vivi goes just like haywire <laughs> she's like scrappy and crazy AF yeah, yeah. she is scrappy she yeah. has a little Helena in her she's kind of like a hodgepodge yeah. of them she's kind of Helena Sarah yeah yeah, yeah a little bit a little and bit. I love though too oh something else that made me gag is that like no matter how long it's been Sarah was still like are you with Rachel like still, <laughs> she still think Rachel is gonna kill them Come all. After like, them. she does not trust that bitch ever, y'all. Even, and ever, even Rachel gave them the list. Yeah, she's like, still. don't trust the bitch. I loved it. I love that she's still just like you, Sarah. Right? Ten years later, you, Sarah. Yeah, exactly. Listen, Sarah oh, is sipping the same trust, which makes me believe us, so. Sarah. You know, they do that in writing. They'll mention a character, so they put them in your brain again, but then you don't hear about them for like three episodes. So. Mm. I don't know. I think we might see some Sarah. I hope Rachel. So. I mean, Rachel. Yeah. I would be, I really want to see Rachel. Anywhere Rachel goes, drama follows. Yeah. So I'm here <laughs> yeah. for it. You know I love the drama. So I, I don't know what's going to happen here. The reporters come in. Vivi is like all of a sudden acting full victim, saying yeah. that, like, I mean, granted, she was being held under her will, yeah. but After she broke into broke their in. house, yeah. All rules yeah. are gone now. You broke in, and now you have to pay the price, but she goes, like, Becky at the barbecue, like, just, like, calling the cops, like, hello, there's a family <laughs> baking, and they're holding me against my will. Seriously crazy. <laughs> so, let's hop into predictions on that. Yeah, I think three things. The first one is that it's going to come full circle for Vivi because Arun is working now um, with Allison and Charlotte, so 
he's going to be calling her and telling her what's going on on his end, mm-hmm. and it's all going to kind of connect for him, for her. Um, I also think that everything is going to be released in the media now. It's going to be There was open. a press kit. Exactly. So the clone thing is <laughs> press out kit. now. We know those too well. <laughs> I know. I'm glad. I'm like, that's hilarious that it was a freaking press kit. But I guess yeah. she would need a press kit. Well, and so I think it'll be interesting to see the next episode, kind of the fallout, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen as a result. Okay. Um, and finally, Helena needs to come back. I just, I That's my prediction. I think I'm calling it. Helena's back. coming back next episode. Okay. I predict it, y'all. Me prediction too. right here. If there's a microphone, I drop it. Saucy prediction. I think that. TV exclusive. <laughs> Thank you. That it is. Thank yes. You. Woo. Thank um, you. I think. I think Helena could come back, but I do think that there's going to be an Arun, Vivi, and the rest of the story connection. Yeah. Vivi's going to find out what's been happening. She's going to um, be con- find out that there's an illness that's separate from theirs, and I think that we're going to get a lot more of that escalation. Mm-hmm. Totally. So we are unfortunately out of town, but what a great, great episode. Yes, it was. In the meantime, where can we find y'all? Uh, you can find me at the Matt Mar, two T's, two R's, everybody. You can see me on Arrow tonight. Oh, wow. And you can find me on all social media at I am Bolly Girl, B O L L Y Girl. Um, yeah. And you're on Flash you tonight. Are. I am on Flash. I'm on The Good Place. I'm on The Voice. And I'm on. There's one more. Girl, you're like Madeline. You busy. Legacy, girl. Legacies, yeah. Yes. I'm Steph Sabra. You can find me at It's Steph Sabra on Instagram and Twitter. Much love, clones. We'll see you next Bye. week. Bye. Thank you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.